You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome to another edition, another episode of the Drive Time Show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. Today is Wednesday, the 6th of July, 2022, with your usual Wednesday afternoon drive time show presenters, myself, Shajid Ahmed, and also, as usual, Dr. Uh, Dr. Tariq Bajwa here with us as well. Assalamu alaikum, how are you doing this? Wa alaikum salam, peace be on you and all our listeners. Thank you very much, I'm very well, yeah. Uh, it's pleasant, I think uh, the weather has been very kind. Mm. Uh, Absolutely. A bit towards hot side, but it's, uh, it's very pleasant. And uh, um, as I mentioned last time, Wimbledon tennis is you know mm. around the corner from us, and yes. uh, it has been very interesting. Uh, some of very interesting matches as well. So it's quite busy uh, out there. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, in, su- in south southwest London as well. <laughs> um, very very interesting. Uh, uh, of course, you know that is. Um, on its uh, on its on its um, sort of own side, but um, talking about uh, what we are going to be speaking about in today's show, um, something which is um, quite uh, quite significant, quite uh, one of the you know one of the core beliefs of uh, of the Islamic faith as well, and that is about uh, about Hajj about pilgrimage, and how you know different things which are related uh, to that one as well. I mean, of course, many people. And do you know that Hajj is Hajj is starting tomorrow? Yes, Hajj, and yeah. from tomorrow it starts seventh of May, seventh uh, of uh, July, Seven. and uh, it uh, usually lasts for five days, so seven to twelfth or thirteenth. Mm. Um, so that that's the period. So I, I think it's, it's the the right time the right to talk time, about the Hajj. Right time yeah. to be talking about it as well. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. So as I mentioned, uh, we're going to be we're going to be speaking about Hajj um, pilgrimage as well, and how it's a significant part and a significant uh, sort of aspect of uh, of many people's lives or those people who who follow any particular religion. Most uh, most religions have a have a sort of a, a holy pilgrimage, uh, you know, w- w- which is part of their fa- part and parcel of their faith as well. And talking about Islam. Hajj is actually one of the five pillars of Islam. So, you know, those core beliefs that we spoke about, those core principles, Hajj <coughs> is one of those five things uh, as well. Um, as I mentioned, during a pilgrimage, a person will often, you know, journey from uh, or journey from wherever they are around the world um, to that sort of spiritual place of uh, significance, of, you know, w- w- which is related to their to their to their faith to their religion which they which they follow which they believe in which they're part of in order to sort of gain a a new understanding a better connection a a more realization of their of their creator of the purpose of uh, of the, of their life as well 
Uh, and as you, as you mentioned, every, every, everyone does, uh, you know, their, their own kind of pilgrims. Uh, there are pilgr- pil- pilgrimage different of, types of, yeah. and uh, there are different types of pilgrims. They, some, some of them, they, they just visit like some of their saints and, and they, mm. they call it as a, as a, pilgrimage. As a pilgrimage. They go up the hill. Uh, I remember that, uh, you know, I used to study in a place in Pakistan called uh, Hassan Abdal. And there is a there is a saint hmm. called uh, Hassan, and Abdal was his status as a uh, as as one of the friends of God. This is hmm. a status, and and many people you know you know they they spent <coughs> a lot of money just to come and 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 his his like grave was right right at the top of the mountain, hmm. and uh, and people went and and some of them even went like barefooted. And and that they consider it as a pilgrimage, as but, a pilgrimage. but obvi- obviously uh, what we are talking about here today is about Hajj, which is a a, a, a obligatory um, sort of uh, article of faith in Islam. Mm. That is Hajj, and that's the pilgrimage to Mecca. Mm. But obviously every. Um, uh, at least most of the religions, they do have some, some kind of pilgrimage of, of where pilgrimage. they undertake a journey. They go through a process of where they have to some kind of they have to suffer. It's, it's not usually easy. Yeah. And uh, and even sometimes you see that people make it difficult for themselves, maybe thinking that they, they will get yeah. more reward for that or mm-hmm. they their prayers will be accepted more like going barefooted or going on the top of the mountains and going mm-hmm. um, on, the, on the difficult areas. But obviously the purpose is the same is just to obtain the nearness of God um, and uh, spiritual um, uh, raising of status. Um, uh, but in Islam, you know, it, it's, it's something very uh, rewarding because God Almighty has said and uh, endorsed by the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that anyone who performs uh, a hajj, that's a pilgrimage to Mecca, mm. which is the obligatory, um, you know, uh, pilgrimage. Uh, for those, of course, it has got the conditions attached to it, and uh, he is as if he has he's born that day. He's mm. he's, he's free of sins altogether. Born, yeah. Yeah, or spiritually reborn, newborn, or reborn, uh, reborn you, can say. you yeah. can say, yeah. So, so yes. he's all his sins are uh, uh, wiped off, and they are forgiven, and so he can start afresh. So that, that, that's uh, that's one condition. That's uh, that's why. So, so I thought that it's uh, important to make it clear that pilgrimage can be any pilgrimage, but uh, uh, you know, Hajj is um, the pilgrimage to Mecca, which is done in a specific uh, on the specific days, which are fixed. And there are uh, there are specific months which are called Asharul Haram. Mm. Haram Haram means the one with a respect and honor. Mm. So these months are considered to be respectable or honorable months during which there are certain restrictions which mm. uh, are imposed upon anybody who is living in the area of which is called Haram. Again, mm. Haram is the surrounding area of the of the Kaaba. Of the Kaaba, of the Holy uh, Kaaba. There is mm. a mosque which is called um, uh, Masjid al-Haram. Mm. And Haram means uh, the one which is uh, which has an honor, which is honorable. Sacred. Is holy, is sacred. Yes, yeah, mm. sacred is a right term uh, probably so so that sacred mm. area um so within that area it's, it is called haram and haram is both um the area around the mosque of the prophet mm. uh, in medina as well as uh, um, haram is also you know masjid al-haram and the surrounding area which is uh, um you know within like about five miles uh, although the when you go uh, to perform hajj the area where you have to wear your ihram. Ihram is again 
uh, um, uh, the intention uh, to to perform Hajj or uh, Umrah, which is smaller pilgrimage. And and when you um, when you um, attain that um, sort of position in which you you do have the intention, then you also wear the two two uh, unseamed uh, you know pieces of cloth that's uh, to to cover yourself and nothing else so so that is and and that has to be uh, from certain specified um areas uh, you can't go beyond that without wearing that if you go with the intention of uh, a pilgrimage a hajj or a, a small pilgrimage that is called umrah mm. You know, when we talk about um, when we talk about the actual the actual um, way of performing Hajj as well, we we'll speak a bit about that as well because that is also very very much important. You know, the, the, when you actually go to perform the pilgrimage, when you actually go to perform the Hajj, what are those things which you which you have to do? What are those things which are absolutely obligatory, and how do you perform sort of you know different uh, different things as well? You know, circuiting circuiting the Kaaba, doing you know coming from Safa Marwa, the mountains, the Sayy, and various other things, visiting the other places, Muzdalifah, and all of these things, Arafat. Um, that's that's very much important. But um, there's also a lot of people may be thinking that there are some people who go to Mecca uh, during the year as well. But that's uh, it's a it's a totally it's it's not totally different, but it's a it's a sort of a lesser uh, pilgrimage which which they do, which is called Umrah. Umrah and yeah. these two the things shouldn't, sh- yeah, shouldn't be confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as yeah well. Umrah is very 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 different from Hajj because at Hajj, you know, um, lots of people um, do get anxious before they visit. Um, what's going to happen? Because there are people there around, like on the average, there are two and a half million people mm. there. Mm, and yeah, uh, yeah. going, how do they manage that in that small place? Where Literally, you, you, you wonder, isn't it? How fit, uh, they fit in there and they the all do, and they have to do certain um, uh, rites, certain rituals. At the, at the are, same time, isn't at it? At the that's, same that's time, the it thing. has to that's be within, within a limited period. And uh, how how are you, how, how, they, how do they manage it? Because sometimes we hold a small meeting here, like yeah. there, there are a th- few thousand people, and, uh, and, and you are uh, just, you know... Uh, <laughs> just wonder how mm. how does that happen but uh, this happens and it, it happens every year um, I think this one one year they have yeah. missed out because of the COVID because of the COVID uh, yeah know. but uh, it is restarting and it is uh, I think still there they're going to be about not less than a million people who would be performing Hajj this year as well mm. um, so it's a, it's, it's a very significant uh, thing in the life of a Muslim because you know, you um, start saying your prayers when you are seven years old. It becomes like you, know, you are you are told that you should start saying your prayers as a child, and then at at ten it becomes compulsory, and you you are asked why why you didn't say your five mm. times prayers. Is something that is obviously to to convert somebody who's a newborn into Islam. That is to convert himself. Mm. Um, the first and f- foremost is to say kalima. That is the yeah. kalima inshallah that that you you uh, you bear witness. You take an oath that you, you declaration of faith. Bear, yeah. You declare that you believe in one God and His Messenger, the Holy Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon 
upon him and, and he becomes a Muslim. Right? And following that, there, there are like other, other four things, which all of them, they are conditional. Mm. Um, like f- if there are five times prayers. There, there has to be a certain time in which you have to say those prayers. Mm. And uh, there are certain times when you cannot say your prayers. Mm. You see, mm. there are forbidden mm. times as well. Similarly, zakat, uh, you know, zakat is, is something isn't? obligatory, but it is conditional because if you fulfill certain conditions, then um, you have to do it. And 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 you know, it's very mm. very interesting. I'll I'll, I'll tell you one uh, uh, you know one incident. And somebody somebody is telling that uh, mm. <coughs> he was asked this question mm. that you believe in the the promised Messiah, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed of Qadiyan to be the promised Messiah and Mahdi and, and you believe him to be a prophet of God. How can he be a prophet of God when he did not perform one of the, uh, you know, the articles of faith, which mm, is pillars Hajj. Pillars of Islam, yeah. And uh, he said, look, you know, these are things which are attached. There is conditions attached to it. Mm. So there was a reason. But can I ask you one thing? Mm. Do you consider zakat to be obligatory? said yes that's a pillar of islam he said do, do you do you know or do, can you tell me if the holy prophet muhammad may peace and blessings of allah be, be one ever paid zakat and you know he he had no answer because <laughs> it was never uh, he he did not run into that condition where zakat became obligatory upon him mm. so he never paid zakat so so you can't like misjudge people just just by you know just raising an objection versus the sake of an objection mm. that you know you think before you uh, raise a question so hajj is o- obligatory upon the people there are two conditions associated with it mm. one that you are able to do it financially you are able uh, and uh, to to afford it and, and second you are healthy and there is nothing no stopping you no hindrance isn't it you have to be adult. You have mm. to be, uh, you know, a wise man uh, with a, yeah. you know, uh, mentally uh, sane. And you have to uh, be able to afford it. And you have to be that there is no hindrance. Yeah. If, you, if your people are, you know, going to take your life and you go there or, you know, that is... Literally. Uh, then, then what, yeah. Uh, yeah. Even, the even if it is dangerous, like in COVID, what yeah. happened? There, your life was in danger. So, so they stopped you performing Hajj. Mm. So, so that's as, as simple uh, as that, that there are conditions associated with it. Yes, of course, it is the dream of every Muslim that he goes there and he sees the, uh, he visits uh, the uh, Batullah, that's the house of God, uh, which is very, very holy and very, very, uh, you know, sacred place mm. for every, for every Muslim. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, of course, uh, you know, the, the importance of Hajj is definitely is definitely there as well. And of course, every single Muslim out there um, would actually long for that moment as well, where they where they actually perform one of the five, with this you know very very sacred um, pillars of Islam, which is which is which is Hajj. Um, let's uh, let's speak to our guest who is on the line with us, Shahid Khan, who recently performed Umrah after performing Hajj fifty years ago in nineteen seventy two. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you and welcome to the show. Assalamu alaikum, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for, for joining us this uh, this afternoon. And for for our listeners, if you could please give us a, a brief sort of uh, an explanation of uh, of how Umrah and Hajj are, are, are similar, but they're, but they're quite different as well. Indeed, I think like as you mentioned just now by Tariq Bajas, that Hajj obviously is an obligatory for every Muslim who is physically able 
and of sound mind and financially capable to perform Hajj at least once in their lifetime. Now, the difference between, obviously, the major difference is Umrah can be performed at any time of the year, unlike Hajj, which must be performed in the first 10 days of the month of Zul Hajj. And so that's a major difference between the two, in effect. And in terms of actual performance of Hajj and Umrah, Umrah can be performed in a day, or even less than a day, whereas Hajj, uh, the rites of Hajj, are a bit more, longer than that, and uh, it takes uh, at least, one would say, a week in, the, in that one's after the uh, say and tawaf and going to um, uh, Mina and Muzdalfa <laughs> and uh, for the um, uh, and then performance of the actual on the Arafat day. Mm. So that's in effect, it's in in short, is the difference that the Umrah can be performed as I said any time of the year. Mm. Uh, there are some limitations even in the time as well, but Hajj must be performed in the first ten days of Zul Hajj, and then then actually nominated days on which you can perform Hajj. Mm-hmm. Um. You were fortunate enough to, um, you know, 50 years ago you performed the Hajj and uh, you're fortunate enough to, or you had the opportunity as well to do Umrah again this year. Um, what what was your experience uh, of that one as well and what were some of the, the changes that you that you noticed through the time? Yes, obviously, I mean, 50 years in any period of time uh, that long, well, there are going to be great, great changes. And in terms of Hajj, I mean, as I mentioned that I, you know, I just, uh, as a coincidence, I went 50 years ago to perform Hajj in this year. Uh, the actual major difference, I think, in terms of the logistics, uh, Hajj at that time was something where people came from different parts of the world, and it was not so accessible in terms of travel, for instance. Mm. And people invariably used to travel by steamship. Uh, and not it was coming to uh, more uh, packages at that time, but just it was just coming at that time. And but in terms of the logistics itself, in terms of the Kaaba, how small it was at the time, maybe we could fit in the people I think who were actually there on Arafat day uh, when they came back for uh, the uh, um, the uh, rides for Hajj and they came back for Sai uh, and uh, they came back. So they could be actually be accommodated perhaps in the whole of the precinct at that time. But now the situation is much, much different in that it's much more accessible throughout the world and the number of groups that come from various parts of the world is much, much greater numbers. And as a result of that, they have had to change the whole structure and actual roadworks and so forth in terms of having to accommodate them outside Makkah, for instance. Now even the tawaf, for instance, it's not just uh, done, that tawaf means going around the circuit of the Kaaba. Uh, it's not just around the courtyard of the Kaaba. In fact, it also takes place on the first floor, for instance, a distance of two kilometers all the way around for one circuit. So also mm-hmm. in terms of the places where they go outside in Minar, for instance, at the time when we were there, uh, it was a very much, well, when I say uh, we were there, I'm talking about the first time I went, it was uh, just a small, big, plane of uh, and in Minar, for instance, and you could see uh, how far you could see. But now hmm. the situation is much, much different. And obviously, in terms of also the other rites, for instance, when they go for uh, stoning of the shaitan, for instance, there's a three-story walkway now that have been built. And even those sometimes are not enough, and there have been some tragedies in that we have noticed in the, in the recent times hmm. as well. Hmm. Um. You, you sort of, you know, once performing the 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 Hajj as well as the Umrah, uh, as well as as well as the Umrah, 
You intend to, you know, keep going back um, as well. A lot of people actually ask this question as well to to people who perform Hajj and Umrah that you've done it once, so why do you keep uh, going, uh, you know, going back and trying to do, wanting to do it again? What's 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 your answer to that? One thing in terms of Hajj is that it is an obligation only once in a lifetime, and I'm not sure. I'm sure that I've heard from the Khalifa as well that uh, in terms of actually having to or having perform or performing it over and over again is something that is not greatly recommended in the sense that other people then are not given that opportunity and this results in countries and muslim countries where they have to go by uh, actually having to draw lots to as to who can actually proceed to uh, for hajj uh, so when you, your question as to whether one keeps on going I think there's a sense of belonging or one the tranquility and the sanctity of the place that has been alluded to earlier uh, and the sacredness of the place and the, uh, the, the attractiveness or the attraction of being in Masjid Nabuyal as well as uh, Masjid Al-Haram mm. as something great. And also the, uh, Allah, Allah says in the Holy Quran, uh, in Allah uh, Allah, it is that remembrance of Allah that keeps drawing you to these places uh, which by the grace of Allah are also not just for uh, Makkah and Medina, also similarly for Qadian for that matter as well. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, w- once performing or when you performed the Hajj and Umrah as well, what was your sort of uh, favorite or memorable moments um, you know, of, your, of your time <laughs> yeah. over there? I'm sure that the whole experience <laughs> must have been amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, this is a bit of a difficult question to answer, to be honest with you. Mm. But one thing I do find, I think this is something that hits everybody. When they first see the cover for the first time, Yeah. It is something that is something to behold, and you're awestruck by it, and dumbfounded by the actual. You're, it seems as if you are actually in a dream, and once you're there, this seems to be the case that all the people that I know have always found this, and also we are led to believe that once you, as soon as you sight the Kaaba, is one should pray for that. Mm. Also, it's a good time for acceptance of prayer as well. Yeah, yeah. and that is uh, for me is a abiding memory that the, and also the fact that I remember. At the time of Hajj, in, I was a youngster at the time. We were actually had to be transported from Makkah to Medina, uh, to Makkah to uh, uh, Mina, where we had this tented city where we stayed for three days. We would, were on the top of a bus, and the Labak, Allahumma Labak, the what the mm. pilgrimage have to stay. La Sharika Labak, Inna Alhamdulillah, Mulk. This is all the way through and being performed and also recited by people all over, all and over again. And that hits you, and it actually is something inculcated in your heart. And the meaning of it, here I am, oh Allah, here I am. Here I am, thou art so, no associate, here I am. All praise and bounty are thine, and thine the kingdom, and thou, thou has no associate. So mm. that, I think, is also dividing memory. One of the dividing memories that I have, but as, as you mentioned, all of it is the experience. It's the same thing. One has to actually feel it to experience it. Absolutely. To be able to say, yeah, it's something. This that is one of those things which, you know, you have to experience it firsthand. You know, you you can't sort of can't <laughs> describe it. You can't yeah. express your feelings as well, your emotions. Um, did you find it a little bit difficult or tire, you know, tired, tiring at times as well? As well? Um, I think this is one of the yeah. Yeah, that's right. This is a question that one has, to, one is asked as to what some, like in the, when it comes to time, perhaps for Ramadan, mm. some has, to, some one has to do some preparation for that, just so one is not hit by straight away by this from non-activity to activity straight away. So your question whether or not what one should do in terms of actual physical uh, preparation, I think it's good to know that 
I think in terms of over, I mean, with my wife this time, for instance, we were on on her steps counting. It was twenty twenty thousand a day in most days. Mm. So that in heart is a lot more than that, I can add. And so these are things one has to take into account that uh, one has to be physically able to do these and to be enjoyed. And otherwise, it becomes a chore, and that's not the case. Yeah. One thing I must say, although, that one doesn't regard this to be something that strenuous in terms of when you're in this physical state, uh, a spiritual state, that this walking or so forth, the strain does go away, hmm. and the next day you're fresh again. And day and night are turned into one, so you're not really feeling it as well, that it's lack of sleep also and so forth. Uh, but and with regard to, actually, I would say, in regards to preparation, one should not forget, one should read ahead, so that, in other words, what are the sites and what are the history behind it, and that adds to whatever you're going to say. For instance, I find that people I remember in case of talking about 1967, which is the full account that Mr. Lanho uh, performed has, I remember him saying in his one of his uh, discourses that uh, the words of the Punch Messiah's uh, Kasida was very much prominent in his uh, time in Masjid Nabwi. So mm. the things that come into mind and then that actually enhances your experience, spiritual experience as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's a good, some good advice as well that, you know, talk, learning a little bit about the history as well of those specific places that you're going to visit and, uh, you know, what you what you need to do in Hajj as well instead of asking other people, you know, what do we do next, where do we go, knowing a little yes. bit b- before uh, about that as well. Absolutely. That's very good. Um, uh, have you heard about this new lottery allocation system? What are, you, what are your thoughts on, on well, this? The logistics in terms, of the Saudi government recently, uh, this is one of the reasons mm. I was very lucky to go in March this year or just at the beginning of March was the fact that mm. the COVID restrictions had been lifted uh, or being released or being lifted somewhat. And even while we were there in Medina, we had to book our time for Umrah. In other words, we got a two-hour slot to perform Umrah. And even there, we had to uh, download apps, uh, mm. applications, so that we were able to actually able to get those. And it, it appeared at one stage where we might not be able to perform Umrah, even though we were in Saudi Arabia in Medina for that matter. But anyway, Allah's grace that we had time for uh, supplication and so forth. It worked yeah. out well for us. But now you mentioned the fact that I have heard recently, and this is on the news as well, uh, that the Saudi government has now changed somewhat the Hajj, uh, just the allocations as well as this, they have actually identified uh, in the past they did mention about approved uh, agencies as they called it but now it's become a bit, little bit more cumbersome in the sense that I think they have actually uh, withdrawn some of those agencies because of I think all kinds of frauds and so forth hmm. and recently people have had difficulty although they had booked uh, and we had the local M- or the, I remember the MPs in Norton Burnley and Manchester so forth had to get involved because of the fact that they arrived at the airport and they were not able to proceed because of the, their bookings had been cancelled. So in terms of that, it's, this is one of the very big uh, logistically for the Saudi government and the way that they actually at times uh, react to these things. Uh, it's not easy for people at the moment to do that. And also because of the numbers after the pandemic, I think the surge has been much greater in number of people who are wishing to perform Hajj. Uh, so it, it it isn't easy, let's put it that way, at this moment in time. Although, I must say that Saudi government did in terms of Hajj, uh, sorry, Umrah, uh, what they call the visitor's visas, which can be obtained online. In the past, it was quite a big of 
Uh, one had to go to a big flower, uh, but now it is obtained online, and that's only for Umrah. But so Hajj is a bit different. Different. Uh, so I I have heard of it, and unfortunately, the, some of the experience of some of the people is not very forthcoming and not mm. very pleasant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll hope you know. Hopefully, you know, all of this uh, these restrictions go, and then it goes back to goes back to normal as well. Uh, as sure. uh, as it used to be as well, Shahid Khan. Thank you so much for for joining us this afternoon and speaking to us. It's been absolutely amazing, you know, getting your thank experiences you, as well. And uh, Zakala, thank you so much. Assalamualaikum. Thank you. Assalamualaikum. Yeah, I think one thing which uh, um, Shahid Khan mentioned and you as well is that if you have the knowledge and you have mm. gone through the history, and I would recommend a book mm. of uh, you know. It's uh, a very popular book as well. Is Life of Muhammad, mm. you know, written by Hazrat uh, Khalifa al Masih the second, mm, the second caliph, uh, the second caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim uh, Association. Uh, it's very commonly, it's, it's easily available as it's well. Available, Life of yeah. Muhammad. It's so interesting book that you know, if you take it in your hand. Mm and you start reading it, you will not put it down until literally, you, you have finished yeah. it. It's an easy, uh, easy it's, book. It's as very easy. It's, uh, it gives you, uh, it takes you with you as if you are as in the time are, of the Holy yeah. Prophet, may peace be upon him. And you are actually experiencing all th- what he went through mm. and the streets of Mecca, is the, you know, um, you know, going to Taif, going to you know various places, his journeys as a child, as an adult, as how he did, did his uh, um, immigration, hijrat, and then yeah. what happened in Medina. So it's so interesting, and and he has uh, he has narrated in a, in a like a story like manner mm. that you get absorbed into it, and you you can remember a lot, and when. After reading that, when you are visiting those places and you can visualize, mm. you know, this, this is the place this where, place, you know, Hazrat Bilal yeah. was saying Azan, and this is a place where, mm. you know, Uhud, um, uh, in, in fact, uh, you know, the, this, t- this is the, f- the first time actually we have managed to, uh, we, we, we also recently went in, mm-hmm. in, in March for Umrah. Yes. And um, we have been going to, to Uhud many, many times. But this time we we were able to because of the uh, policy change mm. by the government. Now they are protecting the historical sites. Right. Before that, they, they they were discouraging people to go, to go and there. visit those places. Yeah. So we were able to uh, to see the place exactly mm. where the Holy Prophet, may peace be upon him, when they, um, uh, you know, uh, when it was a situation where they were in trouble and the Holy Prophet, may peace be upon him, was uh, injured. Mm. And they, the, the the opponents thought that maybe uh, God forbid he had died, mm. and um, so the, the 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 place on the on the mountain of uh, Ohad where they took refuge, and all those companions who were with him, um, that that place exactly. So they have preserved, and they can you can see that this is the place where actually they took the refuge, and mm. so th- and these are the original places because there's nothing has changed there, and those it's are the, the places. Same. Which uh, the Holy Prophet may be, be and the companions may be, mm. uh, you know, peace be on all of them. They were, they they took refuge there. So the, actually, they have touched those grounds and they mm. have been there. The, yeah. And you are you are there and you can touch those uh, places which are sacred. Uh, you can you can go in the actual. Yeah, yeah, you place. can go into and you can touch. And although they are they are mm. putting some uh, protection 
now they're you know yeah. because they are trying to preserve it and they they're going to but now they are encouraging um the the places to see similarly to visit in the battle places. of badr um, you know uh, battle of badr previously you know they didn't encourage you and even those who went there although it is it's quite far out from medina hmm. but when you went there they they did not uh, encourage you but now they have protected the the graveyard where all these you know the mm. uh, the the martyrs uh, there are 12 names have been you know put on a, on a, on a, on a stone as well mm. and uh, so so you you can know you can go through that and and how this is battlefield so all those uh, i think that uh, it is a good change actually mm. in the way that they are protecting this very very historical site so um, so it's important that if you know the history then you know better 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 of heard you know then you can understand what's the importance of this one because um you know has a thumbs up this is a grave has a thumbs up but if you know the history if behind you know, if, if you know, know what, yeah yeah the, 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 what happened and this is the um uh, past through which you know these were the archers were sitting there yeah. and they were so everything actually you go through the history and everything becomes very very interesting if you if you know beforehand uh, of, of the history absolutely absolutely um let's uh, with this let's get our next guest who is on the line uh, with us abbas bin wilson who is a haji a haji uh, someone who has uh, performed hajj and also the general secretary of the ahmadiyya muslim community in in ghana assalamu alaikum peace be upon you and welcome to the show wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah thank you so much nizakallah for for joining us this afternoon um just to just to begin with when when did you perform hajj Oh, alhamdulillah, I did Hajj in 2017, uh, really, 2017, that's mm-hmm. from uh, five years ago. Wow. Well, well. And uh, sort of how long did you have to wait before you were sort of, you know, a- able to perform the Hajj? Well, um, as a Muslim, and as an Ahmadi Muslim for that matter, mm. I mean, when I became conscious of my own religious life and I got to know that... Uh, Hajj is indeed one of the pillars of Islam. I kept praying to Lord Almighty Allah. But vividly, I think, if I could recall, some five years before 2017, that's around 2012, when I realized that uh, people are started saving towards Hajj, I also took a decision to, I mean, beginning praying to Allah to open up the opportunity for me. Hmm. and i continue praying until 2017 that allah open up the way for me to be able to perform hajj so i'm very much grateful uh, to allah and i think allah listened to my prayers and made it way for me alhamdulillah alhamdulillah by the grace of allah the almighty um so when you when you were performing the hajj i'm sure that the whole experience the whole experience must have been you know quite amazing but what was what your sort of most memorable moments that you would like to share with us. Yes, yes, it was it was it was, it was a very uh, memorable occasion the entire uh, hard process was memorable but I always remember the very first day we arrived at Mecca, you know, from mm. we start we went to Medina. So we started from Medina mm-hmm. and then yes, right. came. So we arrived and we came back went to our hotel. We needed to go to uh you know the harap to do the tawaf for the umrah so we have had the 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 house of allah the kaaba we've had several times i was yelling 
at the very same time, I entered my story, I said, wow, now I'm seeing it well. And since then, I always reflect upon my reaction at the time. And and the good simple that dawned on me, you know, I never thought that I would ever have that opportunity to see the Kaaba in reality, like mm. I did when I performed the Hajj. So for that particular, that was the very first experience that, and up to now, I've never, never ever forgotten that experience. Amazing. The very memorable one. Yeah. Amazing. The the yes. the black stone, the Hajj Have you have you had the experience to you know to 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 embrace that one, or to touch that one? Come again? The, yes, I did. I did. You know, when you are doing the kawab itself, yes, uh, you are not supposed to be touching it. But on other times when we are not officially performing kawab, you yeah. get a, you want to have more experience, so you get closer to it. We touch it, and we took pictures and other things with it, and it was very memorable. Everybody is happy. At least we've also seen the House of Allah, the very first of House of Allah. So mm. now, when they talk about it, there's no more uh, perception. We don't perceive, but we've seen it in reality, seen and, it, and seen that's very yes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you 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 just said that uh, you know. When you witnessed the the the, the Masjid al-Haram, the sacred mosque, the Khan Kaaba, yes. for the first time, yes. that was you know that was sort of uh, that experience or something that you would never ever forget. Do you feel as yeah. if the whole experience of Hajj has uh, sort of have had a had an impact and changed your your perception very, of life, uh, you know, in a better very in better way? much so, very much so. For every Muslim, when you advance in your spiritual career career yes and thereafter you are conducting your life you have it at the back of your mind that you are no more the same person you mm. know hajj is very, very important and once you perform hajj and we are called hajj it gives you especially when people see that oh this is an hajj they expect certain traits from you so it's just like being in an, a leadership position what things, uh, the sort of things that ordinary members, for example, of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community will do. Mm. If we are an office holder, like uh, my humble self as general secretary, I wouldn't do those things. If there are certain things I would take for granted, but Hamisab cannot do the same. Mm. So when I am an Hajj, and certain things come and we, I reflect upon say, no, you cannot be uh, an Hajj and, and engage in certain things. When I go to my workplace in office and people see me and call me al Hajj, I know they have special respect. So mm-hmm. it influences your life, the way you talk, the way you conduct yourself. You must actually carry the Hajj along and let people know that you did not only uh, go to Mecca just for a fun or just for you know a visit, but you actually went there to perform a religious obligation which has impacted on mm-hmm. your life and has changed your life for the better. So for me, just being called Al-Hajj within the Jamaat and outside the Jamaat in my office is something that pushes me to always to want to do the right thing, which mm. is what all of us, you know, have at the back of us. I'm very Muslim. We always want to do the right thing and progress visually. And that keeps pushing me to be looking forward to doing right things. Absolutely. That will not spoil the name of the Al-Hajj that people call me Absolutely, absolutely. So I would say that it has impacted very positively on my life. Oh, my may, may Allah, the Almighty, you know, accept uh, accept that uh, accept that one as well. 
um, and um, enable you to do much more, much more for the, much more for the community as well. Now, of course, you know, performing Hajj or you have that experience. You 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 know sort of the ins and outs of uh, of uh, what you do when you go to perform Hajj as well. What advice would you give to someone who is planning of going to Hajj? Um, and you know, are, what would you say to them? How would they, how do they need to prepare for that one? Very well, very well. Thank you very much for this question. It's very very important because uh, many people in their you know being enthusiastic to perform Hajj, they forget that you need to prepare well before you go. Yeah. So you go in the name of Allah to perform Hajj, and you find yourself in so many difficulties. And if we are not careful. You 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 it will affect your faith because you you have come to worship Allah and here you are confronted with so many challenges. So you must understand, and that is what indeed the Quran says that you should be very well prepared both financially and physically because it involves a lot of expenditure. Hmm. You go to a new place, you do not know. Sometimes it is just about maybe some hundred or two hundred meters away. But because you do not know the area, hmm. you pick any car, any taxi, any commercial vehicle. I mean, they would quote a figure as, as if it's too far away. So we don't have enough money. Within one week, you expend everything, and now you have to either rely on people. Hmm. Because I saw people who became handicapped, and some of us had to contribute money to support them. But if you came to perform hard, I don't think that is the right thing to do. We should prepare well before it comes. So you need to. Secondly, physically, physically, hmm. you need to be you need to be strong. Definitely, you must be healthy yeah. because it entails a lot of walking, a lot of physical exercise and robust. So when you are going for hike, make sure you are physically fit and make sure you have enough money on you so that you don't go and become burden on on other people who have come to also perform the hike. Absolutely. This is very, very important. Uh, and you don't have to be waiting till you are at the end of life that you go and mm. perform. I think Absolutely. you should do it as you are uh, young and energetic uh, rather than yes, waiting yes, till you have... Yes, <laughs> Once you have the means, you should go. Don't wait. Don't yeah. wait until... Suppose so that I'm too young to, to go to hide. But, I mean, there is no age barrier. Once you have the means, the best time to perform hide is when you are young. Hmm. You are in the midst of many people struggling. Maybe the tower, you have millions of people at the same time. Somebody is pushing you, you so are not careful, you're falling down, you cannot get up again. So hmm. you need to be, you know, physically strong to be able to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's very, very important. Absolutely. Abbas bin Wilson, um, thank uh, all the way from Ghana. Thank you so much for for joining us uh, this afternoon thank and speaking to us. Much. It's been a pleasure speaking me. to you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think it, it, it's very, very important, you know, this this point which has been mentioned by Abbas, uh, uh, Al-Hajj Abbas. Mm. Uh, I think there's a difference between Haji and Al-Hajj. Haji is the one who has performed one Hajj, and mm. if you perform more than one, you become Al-Hajj. Mm. Uh, that's the terminology. <laughs> that's the, although, yeah. although I, you know, sometimes... Um, uh, 
um, you know, somebody called me Haji and I said, you know, I, do, I don't say you Namazi yeah. uh, or Salati <laughs> or because salat. you say your prayers yeah. or Zakati or because zakati. you pay your Zakat. So why why do you, you know, call somebody who is Haji? He's just, un, he's just performed one of the obligation, one of the pillars of Islam. So if you are not, uh, you know, Somi when you, uh, when you, you are saying the, uh, you, you are fasting, fasting uh, then you know you shouldn't distinguish that one, but uh, but that that's the way it is. Uh, some people call. It. But one thing is very very interesting that he mentioned that you know previously um, uh, it was a very very difficult journey, mm. and uh, people like particularly I remember that from Pakistan or India people used to come and they used to come by ship, right. and the ship took like like se- seven days minimum to to reach Saudi Arabia, mm. and uh, the journey by ship. Uh, the voyage was not very very easy well. and people yeah. used to have uh, seasickness, seasickness and well. they had to uh, you know the, the sometimes there were illnesses and there were and uh, another thing which was that uh, one because there is one essential thing for Hajj is that you should be able to afford it Mm. So people had obviously their their own priorities when when you, when you are trying to fulfill your um, your needs the, your obligations worldly ob- obligations like you have to marry your children you have to you know buy a house you have to do you know all mm. those responsibilities mm. and then at the end when <coughs> then you think that okay I'm free now now and usually it was the the children who would afford for their parents or wanted their parents to go and perform Hajj because for that Hajj. is what their their desire. they used to do that so obviously uh, by the time they got that uh, freedom and uh, sort of uh, availability then they they were of old age they they became weak and some of them they didn't even return uh, when they went Mm. through to this because it was uh, it was difficult and and that's why I think there are certain rituals which you can see even now that people come to say you goodbye Mm. and and uh, and when you come back and they're happy that you come back and they are waiting there for for all the garlands (laughs) and everything you know so so that that is that is because people actually went there and and never came back some Mm. some of them them, it was difficult and even while performing Hajj even today, mm. it is um, you have to be fit. You but just to, yeah. imagine that when Safa and Marwa were like bare, just like mountains, mm. and even now when you walk, this is um, uh, this is three and a half um, uh, kilometers walk of say of Safa and between Safa and Marwa, and almost similar when you do Tawaf, which can go from four to seven miles, mm. um, depending, you, on uh, how, depending on how close, how close you are to the to, to yeah. the to the Kaaba. So you have to be really fit, and um, um, unless you have done some exercise, and and I'll tell you very interesting incidents that uh, once uh, you know I I was with a friend who had who was coming here for Jalsa or visiting, and uh, the annual convention, yeah. the annual yeah. convention, and 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 one one place I saw like uh, some warm you know muffler. Mm. To uh, you know, to wrap your your neck uh, yeah. in 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 winter, and uh, and he said, oh, you, "Why why have you purchased this? Because this is still summer." Mm. And I said that you know I have an intention to go to Kadian to visit for for our jalsa. Mm. It's very cold there, mm. and I will need this there. Yeah, uh, therefore I purchase. So so he <laughs> said to me, and it's very interesting. He said that look, you know, I don't know if you are going to go to jalsa or not. But your reward has started from today mm. because you have made an intention 
and you have practically shown that that you are really serious about that and you have done something for it mm. so so your reward has already already started of you know going to to jails similarly if you know when i go for a walk mm. you know and i go around in a park from mm. one place and i go around and do do one round so which is about 10000 steps uh, say something but my intention uh, you know most of the time Uh, mm. is that i'm preparing for my hajj rounds hajj mm. hajj circuits mm. because you know if i can do this every day when i go there i i won't have any so, problems uh, because easy I, for you. yeah it'll be easy for me it will make me easy mm. so so one that you know you are doing your walk that's that's normally it's giving you health benefits mm. but of course if you have that intention that when i go for hajj or umrah it will make it easier for me mm. and it is essential that if you are if you are able to do 10000 steps every day you will be easily you will be, be able, able to, to perform, perform with these yeah. perform hajj yeah. or umrah you won't have any problem so so you have to be physically preparing for that as well mm. uh, although there are options available because there are people who are disabled and they have the option they've got the scooters now mm. which are we are self propelled you can you, right. you know you just sit on that you and they will oh, okay. they will take you around <laughs> um, yeah. still um, still going through uh, the various uh, uh, you, you know because you have to travel and you have to wait um, uh, many times for long in in long queues mm. sometimes although it it has become over the over the years it has become uh, much much easier uh and uh, and the things are not as they used to be and i remember the first time i went there in so that's about 22 years ago uh, when mm. i went there and for the first uh, time for for the first time mm. yeah i i you know when you uh, uh, went to the airport and there was obviously a, there was there is a separate terminal for for the for the hajis um and now they have they have a new terminal which is which is a beautiful terminal they have made and mm. with much more facilities at that time so as you you came out you had to wait like one to two hours just just before you could see the person who would would make your entry and give you entry into into mecca into jeddah mm. airport so you know, what they advised at that time is that you know you have come for hajj and your meter is ticking Hmm. your meter is running so you don't worry you, you it is everything what you are waiting there is part of your hajj you are hmm. being rewarded for that so you don't hmm. need to worry just just relax just enjoy. and enjoy <laughs> and just <laughs> so that that hmm. uh, you you should have that kind of an attitude when you go for for hajj hmm. although things are not that bad now and uh, they have uh, they have much much improved but that is the attitude when and you are there these are the most sacred places in the in the world and uh, the acceptance of prayers there um i think that's one thing that you you you, you asked one of the uh, one of her guests you know why do you, you keep going back uh, the, the thing is that the level of uh, acceptance of prayers is so high that you have to even think before you you do some prayers or you you supplicate and ask something because sometimes it is it is fulfilled even you know you have made an intention that i you i intend to pray for this thing mm. and it is fulfilled so uh, it is to that extent particularly the prayer when you uh, you know when you see the khana kaaba as he mentioned and uh, i remember it has been written by hazrat uh, muslim old the second caliph uh, mm. uh, may allah be pleased with him uh, he 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 had done hajj twice as well and uh, so he he wrote that he has he had heard from 
elders particularly his khalifa awwal who the first, the first caliph, caliph <laughs> because he he had actually <laughs> he stayed actually, there in yeah. medina for for a while and he had visited and stayed in in mecca as well so he said that he had advised that when you see kaaba whatever prayer you the first you, time you, yeah the first time you should so so you should pray that uh, oh allah i am always needy <laughs> i'll always you know i'm going to to need something this or that so whenever i'm in need and i'm uh, you know i i, I supplicate to you please accept my prayers hmm. so that is the best best prayer That's you can do you <laughs> say because then whenever you are you know when you are praying uh, then uh, you know what what else do you need that whenever hmm. you uh, you are going to pray and uh, God is accepts your prayers. Of course, the the way to accept prayers, uh, uh, Allah knows the best. And uh, in what way He accepts your prayers mm. is depending on Him, because He knows more than what you know. Of course, if you are asking for you know for a for a burning coal because it looks attractive and uh, red and pretty, so you, He is mm-hmm. not going to hand it over to you like a mother will not hand it over to the child. So mm. so that's why. But but most of the time He will accept your prayers. and the feeling of uh, being close to god uh, the feeling of uh, purity um is is proportionate to uh, because it is something which which has to come out from your heart you know is not something which which is uh, like you can see the example that you are you're standing before god uh, when your prayer uh, when you're saying your your formal prayers even uh, even obligatory prayers five times prayers but if your heart is into it then you are enjoying it and you you are enjoying every movement of it you are uh, you are thinking that you are you are right standing before god mm. and you can talk to him and you can uh, tell him whatever you like you know in your own language so so is is that kind of a feeling that you have come to his home and one concept which uh, you know i usually take it is that even even here in the mm. worldly affairs mm. you know if somebody comes to your door you know is something different that somebody is calling you yeah. on the phone that's a bit or, different or somebody yeah. is uh, that that he needs such, such an such thing or oh, can you please do and usually you you oblige and you say okay i will do that mm. but if somebody comes to your home mm. so even if and in 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 saudi arabia even even in in pakistan i've seen that there are certain tribes in which they have this tradition that even if they have done some murder in from your family mm. if they come to your home and ask forgiveness mm. they will forgive him. Hmm. So it's to that to that extent. So they were particularly somebody came to their home, they had certain obligations that the, the, that person would become under their protection. Hmm. So mm-hmm. so and they had this yeah, tradition had as this, well that, this, that yeah. whenever they came and they had to get permission and they had, somebody had to take their them under their protection hmm. when they entered the city as well um, and i remember the famous I remember the, the famous incident yeah, yeah of the, course mutam bin adi was the person who gave uh, when uh, when the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him returned from taif hmm. then you know because he, he, he had left him, the city yeah. so when he entered then he was the one who gave him the protection hmm. uh, just to even though he wasn't a muslim as well Yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely uh, and and still his name is you know give you know people take his name with respect yeah. although he was he was not although he was he yeah. was not a believer so so this is the thing is that uh, you know if you go to allah's home you know and you ask him and you ask and you're him, begging him is he going to refuse you <laughs> that's so, the that's the question that's, that's the that's question that's as well um so i'm i'm sure that you know um our listeners must have been enjoying enjoying our show so so far um we're going to be continuing this um this topic as well in the in the second hour we're going to be speaking to another an, uh, another guest uh, hopefully as well inshallah 
and uh, of course you know dr sahab you you have performed four four hajjas in it um yeah. inshallah inshallah the fifth one is 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 awaiting um but uh, definitely we we'll, we'll do stick around and uh, listen to listen to the remainder of the show so if you have any questions the number to call in as always is 0208687787 you can call in and uh, ask us any questions we would like to uh, we will try our best to answer those questions as well but as i mentioned join us after the break as we will continue this topic assalamu alaikum you are listening to the recording of a live show please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah upon you all. Welcome back to the Drive Time show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. Um today on today's show we we're speaking about uh, we're talking about Hajj one of the five pillars of Islam and uh, we've spoken to two guests and uh, in this part of the show we we're going to be speaking to hopefully another guest and also the the experiences of uh, Dr. Sahab as well Dr. Tariq Bajwa who has uh, by the grace of Allah the Almighty performed uh, five, four hajj uh, four hajj in his uh, in his lifetime as well and um and uh, you know the the actual way to perform hajj is something which is very significant very important a lot of people get confused and uh, sort of sort of mix up what you're supposed to do what are the things that you are are sort of obliged to do once whilst performing hajj as well uh, and also the differences between uh, between hajj and umrah um you know two two things which are quite similar we've spoken spoken a little bit about this uh, they they're quite similar but they have differences as well they have of course hajj is something which is you know the whole pilgrimage uh, as such and then umrah being a sort of a lesser a lesser pilgrimage as well so that's something to to so that's something to actually remember that's something to that we're actually going to be speaking about as well a little bit later on um But before that let's speak to our next guest who is on the line with us Ghazala Nahid who is who has also performed uh, Hajj as well and uh, is currently living in Wolverhampton. Assalamu alaikum peace be upon you welcome to the show. Wa alaikum assalam. Thank you so much for joining us uh, peace be upon you too. Um talking about of course you know we're talking about uh, Hajj and the whole experience of uh, Hajj and pilgrimage. When did you perform Hajj? I went to Hajj in August 2017 it was mm. before covid mm-hmm. uh, so that year you must have uh, missed uh, maybe or you were uh, it was after before. the before, before the the before definitely before covid but uh, during the time of the annual convention of the community as well um so what before actually performing the hajj did you do any preparations for that or how did you prepare for that rather uh i watched youtube videos I read some books before uh, de- before departure to prepare myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, w- where did you sort of uh, stay, and h- how did you find the whole the whole arrangement? Uh, yes, I went with a group. I booked to a group. Therefore, 
everything was included in the package. Mm-hmm. Uh, mean residence, food, transportation, flight, everything mm-hmm. was included in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I have no idea where exactly I stayed. Right. Uh, but uh, I can tell you, it was somewhere near uh, in Medina. It was somewhere near Masjid Nabwi, and in Kaaba, it was somewhere near. Uh, uh, near no, Kaaba. Near the Holy Kaaba as well. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Um, of course, you know when when you when you actually go there, um, doesn't matter if it's your first time or your fifth time or your tenth time. That you know that that first experience when you go in the 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 sacred mosque, the you know the courtyard, the whole mosque as well, the mosque area, it's yeah. it's a whole different experience. So, what were your sort of emotions? Uh, when you when you landed there for the first time and then you were you know going to the Kaaba seeing it for the first time as well you know my emotions started actually from United Kingdom <laughs> and uh, when when I realized that I am going because mm. before that I was not uh, even uh, believing even though I paid everything but I was not believing that I'm going but when I realized I'm going mm. on this faith inspiring journey I was humbled, I was thankful, I had tears in my eyes, and uh, still I was not believing that I'm going on this journey. Mm-hmm. And I was so thankful to my Allah mm-hmm. that Allah has chosen me for this journey. Therefore, my emotions were the same all through the journey and everywhere. Even when I landed on Saudi Arabia, my emotions were the same as I started from the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So entire trip, I was constantly in remembrance of Allah. I was doing Drushri. I did not speak here and there with other ladies. I even did not introduce them. So I said, okay, they are going to stay with me three, four weeks. So we will introduce each other. So better I use every second in remembrance of Allah. And I did not pay any attention uh, to the surroundings. Mm. Mm-hmm. I just uh, tried to follow the tour guide. In Medina, I spent majority of the time in the mosque, Masjid Nabwi. I was sitting all the different places. I mean, sometime I was sitting at some place and then I was moving to another place by thinking that it might be the place mm-hmm. uh, where uh, our beloved Prophet <laughs> I remember again everything. Mm. Uh, where my prophet was sitting. Mm. Might be he was sitting here. Might be he was saying Sujood here. And might be Sahaba was sitting here. So I kept uh, replacing the places and I kept uh, saying uh, Nawafil at different places in Masjid Nabwi. And even I was sleeping there on the floor. Mm. So, yeah, so that was my emotions. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's it's something that, uh, you you know, you cannot you cannot put it into, into words as well. It's something no, that you have to experience is, with your own. It is very difficult. It's difficult to put in words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about the, you know, any if you had any, um, not if, definitely you would have uh, faith-inspiring parts of that, you know, once you were performing the, the Hajj as well, <coughs> if it's something that you would like to share with the with the listeners. Uh, there are many, but I will tell you one. Mm-hmm. 
As I mentioned that uh, I did not pay much attention to the surroundings. Hmm. But one thing I remember uh, that uh, uh, that you know there is one place uh, Riyadhul Janna if you yes. you know what is that. That yes. is place uh, where at that time where Prophet's times mosque was. And it's not a very big place, it's a very small place and they have uh, separated that place, uh, they marked that place with green uh, green carpet. Hmm. And around that green carpets are their screens. Most of the time they keep it closed, but sometimes they open it, they open that place for only limited time and allow to offer people two nafal prayers. And when they open that door, people run, ladies run, run, there is flood of ladies. So as I told you that uh, I was sleeping there and you know, I was, uh, I was always scared of going into the rush because I was thinking I might fall down and they will, Mm. they will go over me and I would not be able to get up. So I kept sitting there as I told you that I was sleeping, even I was sleeping there. So I got the chance when there was not too much ladies. Hmm. I entered into Jannah and I offered my nafal prayers as long as I wanted. Normally they do not let people stay, they just keep pushing people out of that place. But nobody paid any attention on me Hmm. and I stayed there as long as I wanted. And I had long sujood. Wow. Nobody interrupted me. Mm-hmm. That's so I was, it was, <laughs> I was so thankful to my Allah that He has provided that opportunity to me. May Allah accept my all prayers because people say that whatsoever you ask at that place, Allah answer your prayers. And Allah has answered my all prayers. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, definitely. Um, anyone who is sort of thinking about uh, going on Hajj and performing Hajj as well, what would you what would you sort of uh, say to them? How 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 should they prepare for for the Hajj as well? To prepare for yes, uh, prepare for that. They should have quite big knowledge. They should read. They should uh, watch yeah. YouTube. But one suggestion I could give that. Because it is very intensive ibadat, hmm. you need physical and mental strength. Yeah. So it is better to do Hajj when you are young and when you have able body. Obviously, when your circumstances allows you, when you can afford, afford. But it's better if you do when you are young. Absolutely. I think when I did, I was uh, fifty-five. Hmm. And I was doing in my uh, everything, I was working, I was doing everything, and I was thinking I'm very strong, yeah. but I was not strong, as strong as I should be there. Hmm. Hmm. But still, uh, still, Alhamdulillah, I, I, but but at the end, I got very, very, very extreme. That is also a, uh, an example of uh, Allah answered my prayer, that I became extremely ill. I was so ill that group was convinced 
that I would not be able to go back and I have to miss my flight. Oh, wow. And they did say that you are not able to uh, to <coughs> sit on, on the aeroplane for that long. And I got scared. I said, I can't stay here anymore. And I prayed. I prayed. I said, oh, Allah, make my journey easy and possible. And you will not believe that uh, whole journey, I was sitting nicely, no uh, no problem with that, uh, no problem at all. And I made it back to the United Kingdom without issue. Mm -hmm. so it was certainly Allah answered my all prayers. Definitely, definitely. Well, may may Allah the Almighty, you know, accept your 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 Hajj, your Amen. experience over there, and your prayers and your Amen. sacrifices as well. Thank you so much for Amen. for joining us this afternoon. Thank it's you been very a pleasure. much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for for joining us. Um, that was uh, Ghazala Nahid, uh, who has performed Hajj uh, from uh, from Wolverhampton. Thank you so much uh, to her. Um, so you know all of these experiences, uh, they, they they do get you quite quite emotional as well. Thinking about uh, the whole experience uh, of Hajj as well. Um, somebody somebody asked on our um, uh, on our Instagram page at Voice at Voice of Islam UK that how do you perform Hajj anyway? You know, in the in the first place, from you know from the start to the finish. What is the whole experience, Doctor? I know, I know. You performed uh, four four Hajj in your lifetime as well. May Allah the Almighty accept all of them mm. and enable you to perform many more. Um, but uh, tell us, because you know that that <coughs> being book smart is one thing, but then having that first hand experience uh, is also you know a completely different thing as well. Tell us. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, as I, as I uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that uh, you know there is. There is always an anxiety when you don't know about something, yeah, yeah. and that is uh, that is the logic behind why do you fear to go out in the dark? Mm. You know, if there mm. is dark, um, you 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 have apprehension to yeah. go out in that area Naturally, because you don't know what is there, yeah. what's going to happen. So you uh, presume things, you predict things, you you think, uh, and sometimes you think of the worst that that yeah. can happen. Yeah, so. <clears throat> Uh, but of course, uh, you know, Hajj is something, uh, and and you are very very well aware that when we were in Pakistan, uh, we couldn't even dream of you having, can't you, you, know, you can't perform, even yeah performing Hajj. Um, so if your desire is to be fulfilled, you know, mm. that is you know that is always that I think every Muslim has a desire because five times a day even more than that, whenever you stand before God Almighty to say your prayers, you are standing in the direction, in the of, direction this, of the, of the Kaaba. This yeah. Kaaba, which is, which is a, a, a square building. It's not exactly square, but a rectangular building, but it's yeah. called Kaaba, it's a cube. So, you know, so, so your, your attachment with, is for, with Kaaba is lifelong. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And you always dream of that, you know, would, there be a day when I would be there. I could see it physically be, there in that place. Yeah, in that uh, in that uh, place. Literally. So it, it's always a dream. So when it says going to be fulfilled, then um, uh, of course you know this is uh, this is something uh, which is beyond imagination. People who 
who are in in those in in Pakistan, particularly the those who belong to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community as well. Um, uh, there are certain areas where you know there is there are restrictions and. Um, and therefore, though, you you don't even think of that that this is possible. Mm, mm. Although you know, they, when as I mentioned earlier, the people do raise objections. Why didn't the you know the the this Khalifa didn't perform Hajj or mm. the Promised Messiah mm. didn't perform yeah. Hajj? But but this is because of uh, certain restrictions because they are not allowed to, uh, even if they they were able to afford to. Mm. But uh, having said that. Now, the first caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Al-Hajj Hakim Malvi Nuruddin, the second caliph, the second caliph. Uh, they they did perform um, the Hajj more than once. Mm. Uh, and the Promised Messiah Sam did not perform his Hajj, but he somebody on somebody his behalf, on his behalf did behalf. perform yeah. Hajj. Yeah. Um, again, with the rest of the Khulafa as well, as far as I know, all of them, somebody has performed on their behalf. Mm. Uh, the, the so it, it is something which, you know, everybody desires, but provided the, the things allow us. So so the things, when when you are allowed to, so the first opportunity you get, you know, you want to avail that. So um, it, it was in, in year two, 2000 when, when I got my first job. Uh, in UK, mm. so the first thing I wanted to, even before joining my job, um, I, I wanted to go for for, mm. for the Hajj, and I got the opportunity. Alhamdulillah. Uh, yeah, how uh, how old were you? Uh, oh well, I, I don't know really. <laughs> I have to calculate that one. So this is twenty years ago. Mm. So twenty years ago will be how much? For forty five, forty four, forty five. So. Um, so you you wanted to me to tell you how, you know the, how uh, I, I think I can take you from because the Hajj is going to start tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Although yeah. they have recently changed the um, the procedure to apply for Hajj, um, because now there is a, there is a, a website which is called Mutawaf, Mutawaf mm. um, on which you have to go and you have to register and then if they allow you because they have reduced the quota from twenty five thousand for UK to 12,000 now. Mm. So obviously not everybody is, is being allowed. Uh, mm. Previously they used to have uh, you know plenty of spaces to go. Yeah. And you could book through a, a tour operator. Mm. So the tour operators, uh, and it depends on, uh, depend on, the t- on uh, you know, which kind of um, uh, sort of package you want to book. Mm. Uh, as uh, our one of the guests was telling that the packages, you can get everything in that package. And it's usually very... Useful to have a package, mm. and the price varies from like uh, starting from two two thousand five hundred uh, to ten thousand, twelve thousand. Wow! Um, but that's quite the, a big difference. Uh, there is yeah. a huge difference, yeah. but the thing is that, yeah, just just for those who are interested to go there, um, when you are looking at the package, you have to see that uh, you know how far is the hotel where you are staying. Mm. That makes a huge difference, you know, where you're staying. Yeah, yeah, staying. Yeah, and yeah. the closer to the haram, closer to the Kaaba you stay, or closer to the Masjid Nabi you stay, um, um, the, obviously it is going to be of more course, expensive. Second thing is the, um, again, when you're looking at a Hajj package, they offer you that during the Hajj days, where would you like to stay? If you want to stay in Mecca during those five days as well, mm. That makes it more expensive yeah. because yeah. it has you have the luxury of using Be, your hotel being, when yeah. you are when you, you're, you're coming yeah. back for tawaf ziyarat. Um, um, whereas they have alternate uh, accommodation in a place called Azizia or Shisha. Mm. 
These are the places close to Mina, mm. where for five days they make you stay there. When when you are actually staying in the tent, but the you tents, you yeah. but you they are you are accommodated there for the temporarily, mm. and then they bring. So so you actually the tour operators what they do is that they rotate you. They take one group to Medina, and uh, meanwhile an, another group to Mecca, and then they alternate it. And then there is a third uh, party which during the Hajj days, one group will be staying in Shisha or Azizia, mm. and then they will be rotating them to, to Mecca and bring them back to Mecca. So it's like three. Right. So if you choose the Shisha or Azizia one, it becomes much cheaper. Mm. Um, so it will be like but 3, it will 000. be a little bit further from but 10,000 yeah. you know with the, with the 10,000 you, you have got the most luxurious uh, you know uh, stay because you've got the best hotels yeah. and you've got nice food anyway Mecca and Medina nice anyway. food is not a problem yeah, it's that's a freely a problem. available it is uh, uh, you know it is of your choice whatever yeah. you want to uh, use and you don't have to worry about like the hygienic things uh, yeah. apart from uh, water anyway it is not water, available the other mm. other water you you can't drink from the tap you have yeah. to drink from the bottled water mm. so that is that is one thing which is essential so now now you have to apply on you have to register and if they allow you then you can make your because the next step is that once they have given you uh, the the permit that you can go, then you have to book. And what that booking involves is that you have to have an accommodation. You have to have pay for the transport um, before uh, going to to for the for the purpose mm. of Hajj. Mm -hmm. So that is essential. That is a requirement by the Hajj Ministry of Saudi Arabia that anybody visiting for the purpose of Hajj should have an accommodation and should have the transport mm. available to them. Mm. So otherwise, they won't allow you right. there. Right. Okay. So so that is why this, uh, but. You know, normally when you book for that and you have booked a, a good package uh, and also uh, during that, that there is the transport is uh, like uh, which is essential is that you have to travel between Mecca and Medina, which usually is by road. Okay, mm. and if you use the um, actually, there is no other transport apart from you know the, the Hajj during the Hajj days, mm. apart from the, the one they provide, and these are coaches, and they they are right. nice coaches. There is no problem. Mm. They used to be when we I, I went first time. I remember it was most <laughs> difficult journey I, I ever had was mm. was that journey because right. it took from normally it takes like four five five to six hours. Um, but uh, that journey took us 12 hours right and uh, it was the whole night and we were very tired and we, on on, mm. on arrival we had to perform the umrah at the time mm. so so that is one that transport is included and then they transport you um, from uh, mecca to Madi, uh, to to mina where you have to stay in the tents and then from mina you have to go to uh, arafat and from arafat to mazdalfa mazdalfa to um, you know, and and actually coming back for the Wafiziyarat. Uh, let me go through in the sequence so that you can understand it better. Because obviously, um, because I have been there, so it's, it's quite it's, clear to me what I'm be, talking about. Yeah. But somebody who is who's very new. Mm. So what once you have booked with the you know uh, with a package or you know whatever whatever source you have booked in, what what you need to do is when you book a ticket. Uh, then it's in your intention. Some people go to Medina first. And mm. uh, it is but, convenient yeah. when you are going for Umrah. It is convenient for you, even for Hajj, uh, you, if you can manage to, because it's much easier on the airport that mm. uh, it, it is quicker. Right. Um, but uh, normally they take you uh, to, to Mecca. So if you are going to Mecca, then the, obviously you have to be in Ihram from the places which are called Mikat. Mm. Mikat are the appointed places 
uh, certain areas. They are like some of them are 30 miles, sometimes 40 miles um, away from the Kaaba. The, the so Kaaba, so yeah. it is in all directions. So it is in a circumference. So somebody coming from from south, from Yemen, uh, there's a place yeah. called Yalamlam. Yalamlam, yeah. Somebody who is traveling from Medina, they have a place called uh, Zulhulafa, that is that is called Mikat, that's mm. where you the, the northern side. But if you are yeah. going by air, obviously you reach, you have to land at Jeddah. You land in the city, isn't it? That's so the so they, you already uh, cross Mikat while mm. you are traveling. While you're traveling. So either in the aeroplane, they can they announce that you can wear your haram. This is, you are reaching Mikat. So mm. they give you time. Um, you can do that or you can do at the airport. Uh, before you, actually, uh, before you, before you, you or you can, yeah. you can actually. What we, you have to do is that you have to say two nafals to uh, to pray, uh, you know, two rakats two of, rakats prayers. of prayers, yeah. and then um, and and this rakats of prayers, you you before that you wear your the men they wear two sheets which are seamless, two white sheets, two white sheets, mm. uh, one for the lower body, one for the upper body, and the women um, they just take a shower, take a bath. Uh, like men also do, and but they don't have to uh, wear any shirt. They they wear their normal clothes, mm, mm. and they uh, uh, you know uh, they, perf- they perform uh, namaz with a covered head, mm. but then they take off the cloth from their head mm. because that is the part of ihram. Mm. And again, you you can't wear the socks or underwear. Mm. Um, you have to wear the chapel. Chapel means that the upper part of your feet should be bare. Hmm. They should be visible. Mm-hmm. So sandals, isn't it? The sandals. Sandals, sandals yeah. are ideal for that. So you you perform. Uh, you know, uh, you have done your wuzu, and then you uh, wear your haram, and then you say two nakatnakuls after to uh, your prayers. Then you take off the, the the sheet from your head, and you you pray with the raise. You raise your hands to say mm. say your prayers, and after that, uh, the, uh, you make an intention. That's part of haram. That mm. I am. You know, I, I uh, that I, I have the intention yeah. to perform Umrah or Hajj, whatever mm. you, your intention is. In in the state of Ihram, you are not allowed to, you can take a shower, you can take a bath, you can change your Ihram as well. Mm. You are not allowed to uh, to comb your hair. Mm. You are not allowed to do wear any makeup cut or any cut, perfume. Yeah. Um, you can wash, uh, you know, we some people that say with the soap they say simple soap is fine you can yeah. you can use not that uh, perfumed you know, not uh, not perfumed yeah. okay um cut your nails uh, as well yeah. yeah and although there there are certain uh, yeah you can't cut your nails yeah. you can't cut your your hair, your hair. Uh, and uh, uh, so this is this is a state of ihram mm. and uh, the one requirement for ihram is that as soon as you you start uh, you wear ihram you start Talbiya, Talbiya. You earlier heard from one of the guests. That is that you start saying Labbaik Allahumma Labbaik, Labbaik Allah Sharika Laka Labbaik. In Alhamda Wa Nemata Laka Wal Mulk La Sharika Lak. So this is uh, continuously repeated, and of course mm. this is saying that I am here, our God, I am mm-hmm. here. So, so this is part of Haram. So once you have done that and you go on the plane, then that's fine. You can, you know, just just go to Jeddah and then go to, to Mecca. So. When when you are going for Hajj, for example, you know you have to be there today if you are performing this <laughs> year's Hajj, because yeah. the first thing you have to do there is to perform an Umrah before starting Hajj. It's not called exactly Umrah. You can do an Umrah beforehand, but it's also called Tawaf. The, the first Tawaf you have to do Tawaf Ekdum. Mm. Mm. That when you go there, so it's, it's part of Umrah as well because the, when you go for for Hajj. There are two types of Hajj. 
There are three types. The three, uh, there yeah. are three types. Yeah, 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 yeah. One yeah. for the people who are locally living there, yeah. uh, uh, which is uh, which is different from uh, it's called Hajj Mufrad, but the others were Hajj Tamatto and Hajj Kiran. Tamatto is that when you go in the Sahram and you do Umrah first. And you take off your ihram. Take off your ihram, yeah. And then you perform. But that you can only do if you are going a few days before. Yeah. Obviously, if you are going today, you are not going to take off your ihram because tomorrow you need to go for hajj. So, um, so when you have this limited time that you have gone, for example, today you you reach there, then you perform umrah and you don't take off your ihram. In the Mm. same ihram, you continue with the hajj, and that Mm. is called hajj kiran. So, um, so, so once you are, uh, you when once you are in Mecca, what you do is that uh, you you go to you know after obviously you go to your hotel, you settle down, and then you you go to uh, to Kaaba, and uh, Kaaba is uh, uh, you know it is in a valley, mm. as in the Holy Quran it's mentioned that it is the valley of Becca. Mm. Yeah, it's a yeah, valley yeah. because it's a, the ground is much lower than the surrounding yeah, area. The surrounding Nowadays, area. anyway, they have built so many you know, built, buildings yeah. around. Even Hanakaba, yeah. they lifted it. Yeah. But you have to go downstairs, at least two steps of stairs uh, before you reach and see Hanakaba mm. directly. So the first sight when mm. you see Hanakaba, of course, uh, as you mentioned, you can st- stand there, watch, because it has such an impact on you. Because you have been thinking of this Kaaba for so long and right your whole life, isn't it? <laughs> and the thing is that it's you know there is an impact of uh, grandeur and and uh, uh, greatness mm. of Kaaba. It's just, it has an impact on your heart. So you say that right, this is the house of God. So you pray and then after you say your prayers, then you you go in and and you do the circuits. These are the seven circuits you have to do anti-clockwise. You start with the Hajri. Uh, you go in a line. Which is uh, you know line of Hajri Aswad. Mm. You start and go anti-clockwise seven times. Mm. So depending on where you, s- you where get a chance. Yeah. But the closer yeah. um, I am tied most of the time touching the Kaaba and yeah. I go all around. Uh, and uh, but um, to uh, to kiss or uh, touch um, Hajri Aswad, particularly during Hajj, is very very difficult. It's very very, very, very difficult, difficult. Yeah. Um, because of so many people of there course, and yeah. and it's very risky as well. But you can mm-hmm. point out, and it is also a sunnah that you can just point out from far away. Yeah. You point towards you and point, just kiss yeah. your hands. You can kiss your hands as mm-hmm. well. So while you are performing um, this uh, uh, this circuit, what you do is that uh, when you are wearing your haram, you t- you in the first three circuits, you t- you take off the sheet from your right shoulder mm-hmm. and put it underneath it. And after three, uh, after you're done three seconds uh, the, from the mm, fourth from circuit, the fourth you one. can put it back mm. o- over the for your the shoulder. men's, isn't it? And for the for the men, yeah. of course, the of women course. are wearing their normal clothes. Wear, yeah. And uh, during these first three circuits, also you have a special way of walking around Kaaba, mm. and that is that you you, you walk with the like with a stiff neck and raised chest, and uh, as if you are a very arrogant person. <laughs> okay, and and the and the logic behind is that uh, you know um, the companions of the Holy Prophet, may peace be upon him. So. You know, some 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 of them, they uh, once they were walking like that, and that was after they had uh, they had come from battle and battle. Where they had won, obviously they had defeated the, and so so somebody asked, why are you walking like that? And he said that because you know I'm proud of that the unity of God has become 
uh, has uh, uh, dominated, uh, over, been dominated yeah. over the, the non-believers. And uh, the Holy Prophet, may peace be upon him, so, said so. that it is Allah likes that. Allah likes, Allah that. likes in, that. In yeah. this specific time. In this yeah. specific time. Yeah, yeah. not all the, no, all the not time. Not all the time, yeah. But it's, uh, it's that, um, so although it's against uh, the normal humility, which is expected out of you, but this this is, the, so So first three, because you are, you're showing to the others that I am before God, and God mm-hmm. has given me this success and victory. Um, so after that, you after you complete the seven circuits, then you do uh, two rakat prayers in front of. Uh, it's called Makame Ibrahim. That's mm-hmm. the the footsteps. You the know, they have put the stone uh, of which they say it was the uh, Prophet Ibrahim, Ibrahim. Islam, Prophet. Yeah. In fact, the whole of Hajj is following the footsteps of Hazrat Ibrahim mm-hmm. and his wife Hazrat Ajra mm-hmm. um, what they did what she did particularly many of the events yeah. of Saeed particularly after Hazrat Hajra uh, what she did when she were walking up and down the Safa and Marwa so after you've done your um, yeah, before even you do your t- two nuffles you have to uh, it is also a sunnah that you uh, you take uh, Abe Zamzam mm-hmm. there's a Zamzam water is Zamzam available water. there yeah. there used to be a well which I've, I've gone down and seen that and but now they they put uh, lots of uh, uh, sort of uh, cans where you mm. can get it and and you drink and there is a pre- uh, there is a protocol which you follow and uh, while even drinking that and you say prayers mm. and and there are special prayers which you say allahumma inni asaluka ilman nafia wa rizqan wasia wa shifaa min kulli da'in this is a specific prayer where, while you are you're standing and you 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 are drinking uh, zamzam water facing facing the kaaba facing the kaaba yeah. so uh, after you do two rakats then you go to uh, to safa, safa where you start the safa sai uh, sai is these uh, you know the the seven rounds between safa and marwa in uh, you know following the uh, footsteps of hazrat hajra mm. when she was looking for some help when yeah. hazrat ismail was down there and uh, a young child um, so while you are doing that, you know, very interesting is that there is certain area where you have to run. Yeah, yeah, and, the, yeah, yeah. and it's the men who run, yeah. although they are following the sunnah of a, of a woman. Of a woman. <laughs> and women are not allowed to run mm. <laughs> because obviously. And another thing is that uh, women they don't cover their face while they are in the haram. Mm. Because they are, although they are wearing normal clothes, but they don't cover while they are performing Hajj. Because uh, uh, Hajj is a place where you know nobody has any other thoughts. Uh, mm. so just, it's just uh, one specific thing. Yeah, definitely, specific. Definitely. So this is this is one Umrah they perform. But I I think uh, because sh- time is short, I'll just go down there. Mm. After you perform your uh, uh, Umrah, Sai. Yeah. Uh, after Sai, normally when you perform Umrah at Marwa, you you finish. And this is about three and a half kilometers. One mm. round is one kilometer, and so each one is counted as one. So it's three and a half kilometers. So you end at Marwa, where you can you you say your uh, you know your supplication, and then you are allowed to if you have to take your ihram off. Normally, then you have to sh- to sh- get your hair either shaved off or, sh- or, or trimmed. Yeah. Your trim. Yeah. Without that, you can't take your ihram off. Mm. So, so that that's where your umrah ends. But if you are performing the hajj next, that your hajj-e-kiran, then then you don't do that. Of course, but you yeah. remain in that. that ihram. So next day, which is tomorrow. So what people will do is that they've done this first umrah. There's called the wafiqadum. So now tomorrow they will all eighth of July. They will all go to Mina. Uh, now you you say your say your fajr prayers in Mecca, but you say your zohar, asr, maghrib, isha, 
and the next day that's the day after mm-hmm. 9th of silhaj mm-hmm. that will be uh, uh, that that will be 8th of july mm-hmm. so tomorrow is 7th of july isn't it tomorrow is 7th, 7th yeah. Of, yeah. yeah so um, so 8th of july they will go to um, to arafat after fajr prayers Okay, so after f- performing the Fajr prayers. Yeah. Yeah. So five prayers are to be performed. So Mina, they've got beautiful tents, particularly for the European tents. They, they have very good arrangement. Mm. There is no problem with the toilets, although they are. you have to use, uh, you have to be, get used to be, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's a like a uh, community toilet, it's yeah. all together, but they are clean. Mm. They are not dirty. Okay, they have a running water. And it's all the time available, and it's not so bad, considering the number of people who use of that. Course. And the tents the are very nice, and of yeah. of course they provide you food within the tents as well. And um, you, um, so it's not a bad experience. They have over the years they have uh, developed, uh, developed yeah. those tents, and they're all uh, air conditioned tents, and you don't have that to worry about that. Um, but uh, the transport to Arafat, because everybody has to everybody be there. That's the thing. Arafat, has to Arafat be there. day that was be, that is going be the 8th of July mm. um, all 2.5 million people have will to, actually to be move to so there, just imagine yeah. they have to be transported there Absolutely. and the distance between you know Mina is about 3 miles from Mecca and uh, Arafat is about 9 miles so so there's another like 6 mm. miles from Mina mm. but it depends on which end of Mina are you yeah, because Mina true, itself true, yeah. is like 3 miles so 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 you everybody has to be in Arafat and it is obligatory or for your Hajj to be accepted, that one that you are in a haram. Second, that you have uh, you have you have to be in Arafat at least, even for a minute, hmm. between the sunset and the uh, and the you know after Fajr. Hmm. So you have to be in the, and and the the obviously you say your prayers in Arafat. There is a sermon as well. You can hear to the sermon, um, and uh, this time probably it will be Friday as well. So there will be Friday sermon mm-hmm. as well. But um, uh, the uh, obligatory thing is some something which we, uh, which you stand and supplicate to God. Stand facing Kaaba, mm-hmm. and uh, even if you have stood for a few minutes and you have paid, then your uh, Hajj is acceptable. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that, one that of the main to, conditions. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. that is that's the thing that you 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 stand up. Okay, for for prayers. Now here, what what happens is that after you can't leave Arafat before sunset, you have to leave Arafat after sunset, mm. but you don't perform Maghrib prayers. You don't perform Maghrib prayers. Yeah, yeah. So you come to another um, area, which is uh, ground, which is called Muzdalifa. Muzdalifa. Um, from Arafat, you come uh, after sunset, but you say. You combine your Maghrib and, and Isha, Isha prayers Isha. at Isha time. Hmm. Okay, because yeah. you have to combine obviously, them. Obviously, because, you because have to, the, the because time, you you're not going to get that time anyway. And uh, so you, you 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 stay there under the, you know, uh, there's no, the there no roof under, under the, the sky. sky. Yeah. So you can you can actually see the stars there. Yeah. And you can say, so, uh, so, you know, th- this is, everybody lies everywhere because there are so many people and yeah. there's a, space still becomes limited. Uh, and one thing w- you, you do there in Mazdalfa is that you, you, um, you get the pebbles because you have to throw the pebbles onto the, onto the on the Satan. Satan you yeah. know, there are three Satans sitting yeah. in, in Mina as well. And you have to, uh, you have to stone them. So on the very first day, obviously next day, Muzdalfa, you stay the night after Fajr prayers, you you go back to Mina. Hmm. And Mina, of course, your tent is there, but the, 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 there are three things you have to perform there. 
which is important. Of course, it is Eid day. That's the 10th yeah, of the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that is Eid day. So you have to, uh, one, you have to um, do Rami. Rami means throwing stone throwing at the Satan. Yeah. But there are three Satans. You only throw stones on the, on the biggest Satan mm. on the day one. Okay, so only one. Oh, so no, you only yeah. need seven for that day. Mm. Uh, you you count pebbles, but you <laughs> yeah. collect and, <laughs> and throw. So, so so they have actually improved on this uh, the certain area where they do rummy. There used to be lots of accidents and people used to get killed. You know, in the in the beginning, mm. and I have had that experience when we went early days that people, mm. if somebody falls down, people will yeah. you know he will be crushed. But now they have made it beautiful. So now you will say, yeah, these satans are so lucky they live in the air conditioned halls <laughs> and they've got like five stories and uh, yeah. and they, it is all one way and they are quite wide and, and it's easy it's to easy do. For, it's, it's not easy very difficult at all. So you throw at the stones. So what what they they used to have two by two foot uh, um, pillar. Hmm. Now they have extended it to 200 feet wall. <laughs> uh, so it's yeah. used both sides. Yeah. So it has been multiplied like, uh, you know, 200 times. So after you um, after you have done this uh, the first day, then you you go back and you confirm though that your sacrifice animal has been sacrificed. Mm. Of course, there are arrangements that you can pay into mm. the counters and they do uh, sacrifice for. Although the slaughterhouse is exactly uh, where Hazrat Ibrahim salam put down his son Hazrat Ismail uh, with the intention of slaughtering him. Mm. Uh, so the slaughterhouse actually is made at the same place. In right. It is close to Mina. Is is there. You can actually right. go there and, and see the animals there as well. So uh, once you are sure that the Qurbani uh, uh, has been done, the sacrifice has been done, you have to confirm, your agent confirms that, then you have to shave off your head or you can trim your hair. They say that if you shave shave off your head, the the, the Holy Prophet Sallallahu um, prayed for you for three times. Mm. Whereas if you trim your hair, he prayed only for once <laughs> for those people. So that's the difference. Uh, and the philosophy, you know, the whole, there is a philosophy behind Hajj. And it is it is that you become like a lover mm. who 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 forgets about his own beauty about, or yeah. taking care of himself. You know he doesn't comb his hair, doesn't use, uh, you know, um, uh, and 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 one beauty he has the hair is like mm. a beauty, and he just shaves it, off. shaves it off. Even women, as a symbol, they also cut a little uh, a, a portion of their hair as well. Mm. So um, after that, you can take off your ihram. So you are in normal clothes now, mm. but. One more, most important thing, which is also an obligation of Hajj, is tawaf ziyarat. ziyarat yeah. Now you have to yeah. that same day, you have to go back to Mecca and uh, perform tawaf ziyarat. Tawaf ziyarat is not performed in the ihram; it is without ihram, your mm. normal clothes. But uh, you can say you can do tawaf ziyarat within from 10th to 12th Zilhaj. Uh, some people say that you can perform throughout the Zilhaj as well, but mm. that is. But normally people try to perform on the same day, tenth. But you can say up to twelfth. So the wafir ziyarat is when you go back to Mecca. Now to go back to From Mecca, Mina to Udhri, uh, Mecca, yeah. Mina to Mecca, Mina to Mecca yeah. which is about three to four miles. Mm. Uh, now the transport you can imagine they are jammed. There of is course, no traffic. Of course. There is no transport available. Yeah. So you have to prepare mentally to walk that four miles. Mm. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So because that's the easiest because thing. Because that's, so that's, that's the sometimes that's the that that is the most <laughs> difficult thing. So, mm. so the so so the maximum I have walked is like twenty five thousand steps that mm. day. So that that becomes about eleven twelve miles. Okay, that day. Yeah. So um, you reach there, and that is the most busy day course, as well yeah. because on all levels there are like five levels you can do perform circuits, and there are seven levels where you can perform the say, but they are still very this, busy. Yeah. Uh, but it's manageable. Still, you, it, you can do it. There is no harm. But when you reach there, then you have to come back to Mina for the next two days, um, 11th and 12th, when you have to do the Rami again on three Satans, seven mm. stones each. Mm. So you have to, 21, you need 21 for one day, 21 for the other day, 42 plus 7, 49 stones are the minimum you require. Mm. But some people can stay if you if the sun is set on the 12th of Zilhaj while you are in Mina, you have to stay another day. Mm. So either 12th or 13th Zilhaj you have. So, so that's what. So once you have done that, then you uh, then you come back to Mecca and before leaving Mecca, you do another tawaf, which is called tawaf evida. Vida means saying goodbye. Vida means saying goodbye. Yeah. Uh, and that yeah. completes your Hajj. So Hajj does not include going to Medina. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. uh, I was going to ask uh, yeah. that as so well. So Medina is A not part of Hajj. That. Hajj finishes after you know after you have uh, you have uh, performed the you know uh, Rami on twelfth uh, of Silaj you come back and you do the Tawaf Kadum. Uh, no Tawaf Kadum is the first one and Tawaf Vida is the last one. So the obligatory things three things are obligatory: Ihram, Tawaf Ziyarat, and staying in Arafat for you know for some time. Mm. So if you have done that, your your Hajj uh, is you know but it it depends on you know it's Allah who accepts your Hajj because it was uh, uh, there's a famous incident that. Um, Allah accepted Hajj because of somebody who did not perform Hajj because when he knew that his neighbor was hungry and um, and she was a lady who were uh, boiling some water with nothing and the children were hungry, he mm-hmm. gave all the money to this lady and mm-hmm. Allah showed somebody that you know it is because of him that Hajj of everybody has been accepted. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. Allah who accepts. I mean, it. But it's uh, every moment there you you it's it's very emotional. Every moment you spend there, there for the Muzdalifa, the um, you know it's a, it's a lot of it's intense. It's physically uh, demanding, mm. uh, but because of you know. It's just like the the beautiful example with the promised Messiah Islam has quoted it. It's like a lover, you know, a lover he lost he he, he has lost his senses out, out of love. So he he goes around his beloved's house and he goes round and round and sometimes kisses the st- footsteps and sometimes you know uh, so that he can see he can um, make or talk see to his beloved. to to, yeah. to his beloved. So so it's the same state of affairs. So he's not actually um, so you don't. You don't. You don't feel it as uh, much. You you don't like worship the house. Yeah. You you worship the the owner of the, the house. <laughs> uh, but this yeah. reminds you of him because you are there and you yeah. are there and and the, and your supplication is going to be accepted. Uh, you you are sure and uh, and of course you have heard so many experiences when you know all your prayers are accepted uh, um, when you are there and then the sense of uh, being close to God. And being purified, and then um, uh, you 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 become so attached to you know you ask one question why do you keep keep going back you go and have that experience mm-hmm. and when you get it you get so attached to Kaaba mm-hmm. you don't want to go anywhere yeah, else okay. <laughs> and and another thing which you can experience as well is when you are in, in Mecca or you are in Medina you forget about the world. Mm-hmm. 
nothing you can you you don't remember you're in such a harmony and peace and you know it's such an atmosphere that uh, you are lost in it mm. and uh, and this this lady was very beautifully saying that you know you're thinking oh maybe the holy prophet must have uh, you know sat here and and then um, i forgot to mention that of course when you are going for hajj you, you also go and see ghar hira you see ghar sar yeah. you see um, you know this time we got the opportunity to even to go to taif and i was looking at the place where uh, huzur was you know took rest when he mm. was being thro- yeah, stones were thrown on him back, yeah. and then he was presented with this in this uh, garden um some grapes and and mm. the the person who accepted uh, um, uh, you know the first bath he he got there uh, who became a muslim mm. and uh, adas was his name and and there is a mosque they have made mosque adas there there mm. in that that is still there it's it's just like you are you're you're seeing those things you can realize mm. things as if 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 you particularly if you have uh, gone through the history and you have seen that so so this this is where your your hajj hajj is completed but then uh, you know th- you you can't you it is incomplete and you can't resist <laughs> going to medina so of when course, you you go course. to medina everything is so historical and you you go to uh, you know masjid nabi riyazul jannah is a place actually it is fr- from the original prophet's mosque it is a place between the member member means the, the pulpit the pulpit yeah. pulpit and huzur's home yeah. he said and it is a hadith that uh, the whatever is in between ma bana baiti wa mimbari rozatum min riyazil jannah that that is one of the garden of the paradise paradise the garden of paradise, garden of paradise. Yeah. so you can pray and that is a special uh, prayer as well and uh, and it's uh, by the uh, by the grace of god alhamdulillah that uh, our first guest also mentioned that hazrat joseph allah khan sahab remembering the um, the qasida mm. the um, uh, the poem in praise of the holy prophet mm. by written yeah. in arabic, in arabic uh, written yeah. by the promised messiah so I, i was able to every time i i go there i recite right you know standing before the the uh, grave of the holy prophet may be uh, peace and blessings of allah be upon him with a loud voice and i, I was able to read uh, this time as well mm. alhamdulillah so all these places then you then you visit all these historical you go to uhud as i mentioned you see that uh, uh, the, so many different the places mountains to also then you go to jangi um, hazab uh, the the uh, battle of ditch yeah. and the area and you realize that there there are various areas, different mosques as well mm. now they ha- there is there is a mosque called moskuba of course my masjid kuba and there they say that if you say two two nafil prayers there you you are given a, a sawab reward of one umrah all right okay and there is also masjid qiblatan where even the the qibla was changed, was changed yeah. um and uh, and they have they have actually there is masjid juma as well and um the the battle of badr where you know battle of uh, badr was fought so is so many places you you can't like uh, uh but it's an amazing experience and uh, and i think that uh, once you have been there you always want to go there again <laughs> definitely, <laughs> so definitely. That, uh, that's a summary but the thing is that if one has that it is not just a physical exercise if your heart is involved in it and you have you realize that this is out of love of god that we are here and and we th- we, we are thankful that he has because it's only allah who gives you an opportunity mm. you know just just imagine that us coming from pakistan it's going true. and visiting there and and uh, and uh, you know you, you can't thank god you and can't. and uh, and our guest very very rightly she said that uh, all the time you are so uh, you know full of emotions uh, being thanking 
God Almighty that he has mm. given you this uh, this opportunity you can never thank him enough absolutely absolutely i mean i mean because because the day because the days of uh, of hajj are literally literally starting tomorrow as well um so this is you know one of the main reasons why why we thought you know we will speak about this we'll talk about this whole topic of uh, of uh, of hajj as well and of course you know your experiences majasab uh, and Yeah, are very much cherished uh, by by all of us and uh, all of our listeners as well and uh, all of you know the guests that we had um, on today's show as well performing the hajj also uh, as well as the umrah going to that sacred land of the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him um it's a, you know it's a it's a dream it's a dream for anyone for any muslim to actually experience that for their first uh, for you know for on on their own as well Um, uh, you know, there's uh, there's one, one question somebody has asked: Why do we sto- uh, throw stones on the satans? The thing is that it is also symbolic, just like yeah. others. Hazrat Ibrahim al-Islam, when he was coming, taking his son t- to to slaughter him, mm. Satan came and uh, uh, you know asked him, "Oh, what are you doing?" So three times he did that, and that mm. is why you symbolically, know, uh, so yeah, he he, sh- he shed it off that those thoughts, mm. and this is symbolic. We just do that to throw stones absolutely, at the satans. Absolutely. Uh, well, that's uh, that's our show for today. Zakallah, uh, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Sub, for for your uh, wonderful experiences and sharing them with us as well. And of course, all of our guests uh, for for who came on today. Today's show was produced by Dr. Amtar Rafi and Dr. Basma Khan. Thank you to them. Until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.